0: Last year, um, I told some of you this story. I think I told it in worship, but if, if you if you don't uh, remember it, that's all right. Uh, you'll remember it after I tell you it this time. Um, I was driving down War Memorial, and I was behind a uh, truck. And it was a truck that said Petco on the side. You know what Petco is? That company that sells pet supplies and stuff. And it was kind of weird on War Memorial because I was driving down. It was one of those busy days in the middle of the week, and you catch every light. you you know, kind of done that one before. And I was behind this truck, and there was a lot of traffic in other lanes, so I couldn't really get past him and kind of stuck behind him. And um, What was weird, though, about it was like every time we'd get to a light, we'd catch every light, the driver of the truck would jump out of the truck. I guess put it, you know, put it in park. Jump out of the truck, take a baseball bat, and beat on the side of the truck. Then get back in the truck and drive down the road a little bit further. And I was trying to figure out, what in the world is he doing? And after about four lights, I just leaned my he- head out the window, and I yelled, what's wrong, buddy? He said, well, the problem is, is I've got two tons of canaries in this truck, and I only have a one-ton truck. And I'm trying to keep half of them in the air at all times so I can drive. (laughs) Y'all think about that one for a while. But the thing is, it reminded me of how some of us live our lives. Our lives are kind of chaotic like that, where we have, you know, all these things going on. It's like, you know, the plate spinner at the circus, you know, or you've been to the the thing, and they have all the plates spinning, and the whole deal is trying to frenetically run back and forth and keep them all going. That's kind of the deal so often that happens in our lives that we feel that way. And I, and I want to tell you that recently, you know, this sermon today is really about me. Okay. Sometimes you hopefully the best sermons are about yourself. It's something you're dealing with in your own life. And every week there's parts of it that's about me, but about something that's going on in my life. But this series we're talking about right now is 21 days with God. And we've done this last year. We did 21 days with God to teach some spiritual disciplines about journaling about getting into God's Word and journaling. But this time we're talking about some, some spiritual disciplines. And I know we don't like that word disciplines. I don't like that word disciplines. But uh, some disciplines that will help us to learn to listen to God. Last week, um, last week uh, Chris talk, taught us about the whole thing. And this is one that we really hate. It's, it's called fasting. Uh, talked about how the, the purpose of fasting in Scripture is not so you can lose weight, by the way. That's a side benefit. But the purpose of fasting was to abstain from something for a period of time, food basically, so that you can add in that period of time when you'd be eating some processes, some things called prayer prayer and Bible study so you can connect with God, learn to listen to God. Now today I want to talk about something that's interesting. Uh, it's interesting because of all the spiritual disciplines that we have, I mean, it mentions these different things like Bible reading and Bible study, and it talks about prayer and all these different things in Scripture, but none of them are commandments except one. Uh, in the top ten commandments over in the Old Testament, in a book called Exodus, there is a, there's a commandment, and, it's, and one of the commandments, the fourth commandment, is, is the commandment that teaches us to do something called keeping the Sabbath. We're going to be talking about that today why that's important. But the reason that's kind of brought up, you know, just because today I give you this information, it's not about information. Because when I come up here on Sunday mornings and Chris comes up here, Dan or, or Nate or whoever's going to be speaking up on Sunday mornings, we're not trying to get you, get you to be smarter or to be more informed. What we're trying to do in the process of teaching is to help you to understand a biblical principle so that you will actually do it in your lives. Because we believe... We believe that the the thing that the Bible is, the Bible is a guidebook for life. God gives us the principles not to make us miserable, but to help us to become people that he wants us to be. Now, the reason that uh, this is so important to me is because I kind of feel like the verse in Matthew 11, verses 28 and 20 through 30, and I'm going to be reading it out of the message uh, it's, it's a verse that kind of like kind of describes sometimes my life. I found myself evaluating myself recently and kind of found myself in this situation. It says this, are you tired? Are you worn out? Come to me. If that's true, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Do you ever have times in your life when you're just kind of asking yourself the question, why do I, I'm so tired all the time? Why do I feel so stressed out? I mean, I'm working hard, I'm doing all the stuff, but you just don't, you feel like you're kind of going through the motions. This is a confession time today. Confession time is this. Sometimes I feel like that too as a pastor. I know that's not supposed to happen because we're spiritual. But uh, it happens. And I thought about, you know, when I first came here seven years ago as, as a lead pastor back then. I was actually only pastor back then uh, of a, a smaller church. And I was talking to Cindy Gunn, one of our, used to be one of our leadership team people out in the hall after the first service. And I said, you know, it was real easy to do church with 150 people and me alone. It's got to become a little more complicated now than it used to be. It's good complicated, but it's more complicated. And I said, I found myself in the last year particularly being more and more drawn to certain passages about, about things like Sabbath and simplicity and solitude. We're going to talk about solitude and simplicity next week as spiritual disciplines and why those are important. But this thing about Sabbath it's become more and more important in my life and you're thinking well this is an old testament thing that uh, you know people really don't practice that much anymore well no that's not true and i want to show you why today why it is so important and why it's become so important to me personally but i think it's it's, it's just as important for you because the the sabbath rest principle was not given to pastors it was given to engineers like doctors and lawyers People, technicians, school teachers, whatever your job is, it was given to all of us as a principle we to live by. Matter of fact, it says in uh, Exodus 20, verse 8 through 11, it says, Remember to observe the Sabbath sabbath day by keeping it holy and then it says this you have six days each week for your ordinary work but the seventh day is a sabbath day of rest dedicated to the lord your god then the next verse it says on that day no one in your household may do any work this includes you your sons and daughters your male and female servants i don't have any of those uh your livestock i don't have any of those either i guess my dog was that a livestock no, I don't know if that counts or not. Uh, and uh, any foreigners living among you. Now, I don't even get that one. But, uh, but you understand the process. It means everybody in your household is to take a day off. Then in verse 11, it says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. You're going, boy, all that work of making stuff was tiring, so God had to rest. No, that's not what it's about. God doesn't have to rest. God is spirit. He, is not a, he, doesn't, need, he doesn't have the f- physical need to rest. He did it for you and for me because later on in Scripture, Jesus tells us some things about it we're going to talk about a little bit later. But what that means to me, this whole thing of Sabbath came to my mind about uh, and the importance of it. I'd always known about this. I'd always practiced it somewhat. But about a year ago, actually not quite a year ago, last fall, Vicky and I went on a retreat. We went up to a place in Wisconsin. It was for pastors and spouses to go and to spend some time, five or six days, actually last summer, wasn't it? Uh, uh, to go to this place and spend some time with no TV, with no Internet, with m- marginal cell phone service. And, uh, you know, none of those things. And so what happened was, is when we went up there, when we were up there, uh, we were to spend time just kind of connecting with each other and connecting with God. What a novel concept. And so we spent some time, I'd done this in the past and other times, but it was really during that time I came across a book and I actually bought the book and I found out something about books. They work better when you read them. They really do. Because I, I bought this book last summer, and I finally picked it up two weeks ago to read it. And, I, and, I, and I'm not being able to get past the first two chapters so far. Because it convicted me so much, it kind of spoke to me. You ever had something when you read it or you saw it and you're going, that's me? Man, this person has just been looking in looking my life and understanding exactly what's going on in my life. And so, I read, so far, I've read the introduction in the first chapter, and I've spent a lot of time hanging out there. So if you want a great book on the Sabbath, it's called. It's by Mark Buchanan. It's called The Rest, R-E-S-T, of God. It's not one of those easy reads, folks. I mean, it's not like it's hard to read. It's just that you'll get caught up in it if you like I did because it convicts you so much. But let me just read a couple of pages of the book to tell you about why this is so important for me personally. But I believe it's also so important for all of us because I believe many of us, all of us, go through these periods of time in our life where we just get kind of, kind of out of sync with god out of sync with everything and we just kind of spin our wheels and we're busy but we're not really doing anything he says this in the introduction he says mark buchanan says the world is not dying for another book but it is dying for the rest of god i certainly was i became a sabbath keeper the hard way either that or die not literally at least i don't think so but die in other ways it happened subtly over time But I noticed at some point that the harder I worked, the less I accomplished. I was often a whirligig of motion. My days were intricately fitted together like the old game of mousetrap. Every piece precariously connected to every other. The whole thing needing to work together for it to work at all. But there was little joy and stunted fruit. To justify myself, I'll tell others that I was gripped by a magnificent obsession. I was purpose-driven, I said, or words like that. I may have begun that way. It wasn't that way any longer. Often I was just obsessed, merely driven, no magnificent or purposefulness about it. I once went 40 days, an ominously biblical number, without taking a single day off. And I was proud of it. But things weren't right. Though my work often consumed me, I was losing my pleasure in it, and for that matter, in many other things besides, and losing, too, my effectiveness in it. And here's a secret. For all my busyness... I was increasingly slothful. I would wallow away hours at a time in a masquerade of working, a pantomime of toil, fiddling away on the computer, leafing through old magazines, chatting up people in the hallways. But I was squandering time, not redeeming it. And whenever I stepped out for a vacation, I did just that. Vacated, evacuated, spilled myself empty. I folded in on myself like a tent, suddenly bereft of stakes and ropes and poles, clapped hard by the wind, and the air went out of me. The inmost places suffered most. I was losing perspective. Fissures in my character worked themselves here and there into cracks. Some widening to ruptures. I grew easily irritable, paranoid, bitter, self righteous, and gloomy. I was often argumentative. I preferred rightness to intimacy. I avoided and withdrew. I had a few people I confided in but few friends. I didn't understand friendship. I had a habit of turning people, good people, who genuinely cared for me into extensions of myself still water for me to gaze at the way narcissists did dark caves for me to boom my voice into and bask in the echoes i didn't let anybody get too near and then i came to my senses i wish i could say this happened in one blazing dazzling vision a voice from heaven a light that blinded and wounded and healed but it didn't it was a mere it was more a slow dawning i didn't lose my marriage or my family or my ministry or my health I didn't wallow in pig muck, scavenging for husk and rinds, but it became clear that if I continued in the way I was heading, I was going to do lasting damage. And it became obvious that the pace and scale of my striving were paying diminishing returns. My drivenness was doing no one any favors. I couldn't keep it up and no one, no good, had no good excuse to try. I learned to keep the Sabbath in the crucible of breaking it. Now, I relate to that sadly enough in a lot of ways in this past year in my life and so i guess that's why i become obsessed with this whole thing of sabbath and 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 not so obsessed to the point of really doing anything about it just thinking about it a lot but recently i said i need to do something about it because in a real sense what happens in our life is god has built into our lives this cycle of rest and work And when we break that cycle of rest and work, as I have done over this past year in a lot of ways, and not taking times to be rejuvenated in so many ways, what happens is is we become people who may be working really hard. We may be people who are all constantly busy but really accomplishing little or nothing, and we begin to lose who we are. And so this morning I want to talk about this whole thing of Sabbath and why it's so important in my life and why it's so important in your life. Why it's so important that God would have made it one of the top ten commandments, not suggestions, that he gives to us. And why it's so important that we must, we must take it seriously. You know, if we were to break one of the other commandments, like thou shalt not steal, would you have any guilt about that if you stole? Probably, hopefully. <laughs> or, thou shalt not commit adultery, you know, you'd probably have some guilt about that. Or thou shalt not murder. I've never done that one, but, you know, I, I, I think I would have guilt if I did that one. But I've constantly broken the Sabbath principle and not had a lot of guilt about it. And I ask myself why. I ask myself why. Because it doesn't seem to affect me as much. It's not as blatant as some of the other ones. It's more subtle in the way that we, it that, that affects our life. Because if you break the Sabbath one week and, you know, and don't do it and then you go for a while, you don't see the effects right away. But it it happens over time. And I've begun to realize that in my own personal life. Because I was much better at keeping Sabbath and the Sabbath principle in my life a few years ago than I have been in the last year or so. I mean, when I first came to this church, I'd spent a lot of time, as Chris talked about last week, of listening to God through, through extensive fasting and then spending time. I went through uh, periods of time, I'll talk about this more next week, where I'd gone uh, on retreats, where I'd spent time just away just to listen to God. Even during the week, I would take time away just to, to really listen to God, to be quiet and to listen, to rebuild. And the interesting thing about the context of the verse where God gives us this, this principle and this thing of the Sabbath, and it's interesting too that he not only talks about it as one of the top ten, he's number four in the list, he talks about it more in that list, he gives more description of this principle than any, other, any of the other ten commandments, by far. So I ask myself, why, why did he do that? I guess it's because it's so easy for us to break and not feel guilty about, and he wants us to understand how important it is. At least that's what he spoke to me about in this and the story behind this basically is this it says just a few chapters earlier in chapter 16 of exodus uh, verses 23 he talks about uh, the story of how the people of israel had gone on this journey they would come out of egypt and out of slavery and they were on this journey and they were they had not didn't have enough food and so they started grumbling and god decided to fix that by doing something for them in the midst of doing something for them about the food problem he also did something to them to teach them a lesson a lesson not just for them but for all of eternity because he gave them something called manna. And if you've read the Old Testament, you know what that story is. He gave them this, this stuff that came down on the ground. And every morning he said, you're to pick it up and you're to eat it and fix it and make manna cakes and manna, you know, whatever you make out of manna. And you make all this manna stuff and you have food every day of your life. And they did that way for 40 years. They had this manna. God gave them that. But he said in the process of doing that, he said, I don't want you to gather a whole bunch of it. I want you to gather just enough for today because if you keep it overnight, try to keep it overnight, guess what's going to happen? It's going to rot and have worms in it. I thought that's pretty gross. But it was true. Some people tried God and it didn't, didn't work too well with that manna thing. And so, but he did say, on the sixth day, what I want you to do is I want you to do something unusual. I want you to, not, I want you to gather enough for two days, just on the sixth day. Because on the seventh day, what I want you to do is I want you to spend time resting, doing no work. And the reason for this is because I want you to learn dependence upon me. But also, as we learn in Scripture, there are some other reasons for the Sabbath as well. It's not just for learning dependence upon God. But God, because Jesus in the New Testament says this, when Jesus spoke of the Sabbath, he spoke of the sabbath not as a set of laws to be kept but as a concept to embrace in mark two twenty seven, he says then jesus said to the pharisees the sabbath day was made to help people they were not made to be ruled by the sabbath day he said not only are we to is it to help us to remember to rely upon god but it's also to help us because guess who created us this is not a hard question god and so he gives us the owner's manual And in the owner's manual for us, in the basic description on page one of the owner's manual, the top ten things I want you to make sure you do, because if you don't do them, your life will be messed up. One of the top ten things, number four, is keep the Sabbath. Take a day off. Now, I thought that was incredibly cool of God to do that. I mean, what a cool God that, that says to us, hey, guys, you don't have to work seven days a week. You don't have to be busy seven days a week. Take a day off. And I ask myself, what are we to do? Let me share with you three things the Bible, I believe, tells us the reasons that we're to take, we're, we're to, to, uh, uh, take this day off called the Sabbath. What are you supposed to do on the Sabbath? Are you supposed to play catch-up for all the things you don't do the rest of the days? A lot of times that's what we do, right? Let's just be honest. I do it sometimes. Catch-up. Don't have my grass mode. Okay, I'll do it. No, I've never done that one. But I've done other things. He says, just calm down, slow down. He says, on the Sabbath, there's three things I want to share with you. That I believe that scripture tells us why God made the Sabbath for us because it's how he created us. Because we are not made to be people who run and run and run 24-7. Three things. Number one, God wants you on your Sabbath to rest your body to rest your body now i know some of you are just studs and you can you, i mean you work out you know all the time and you're just you know just crazy whatever and, and, you know you're thinking ah, i fit i don't have to rest but god didn't make you that way he needs to rest you know even in the whole thing of, of, of physical fitness I, i've talked to two or three trainers over the years and guess what they tell me about the whole thing of working out The the importance of rest, like if you're working out and you're doing weights, the importance of the rest in between the sets is just as important as the the workout as, as the lifting the weights itself, because it gives your body your muscles time to recover. And also, one of the things you don't do is you don't do the same thing every day. You may you take you may work on one part of your body or one type of lifting one day. I'm talking about weightlifting here. And then the next day you do something else. You know why? Because your body needs time to recover. People that try to do the same thing over and over and over and over again and never take any rest between, guess what happens? Their muscles tear, tear down and they destroy their muscles. They don't help themselves. God made us that way that where we need times of, of, of intensity and times of rest. You know, during the French Revolution, it was interesting in history. You can look, go back in history and read this. They actually outlawed Sunday as a day of rest. <laughs> back then, it was back before we live in the world we live in today. You remember Blue laws? Ever, anybody over the age of 30 probably remember Blue laws. I don't know. Maybe it's more than that. I don't know. Uh, they had those in Illinois too. I guess it was national. I don't know. In Virginia, we had them. That means on certain days of the week, you couldn't, the restaurant, th- things couldn't be open just didn't work. It was kind of like was during the French route. They said, okay, we need to be more productive. So what we're going to do is outlaw this whole thing of people taking a day off. A few years later in history, this is a proven fact, they looked at the, the health of the nation of France and they found out that it deteriorated so much that they reinstituted. They reinstituted the whole thing of taking the a Sunday off as a day of rest. God didn't make us to work seven days a week. So the first thing is rest your body. Uh, there's two guys, Jim Lohr and Tony Schwartz, who are performance experts. They help athletes and corporate leaders improve performance. And, and they say this. They say, we live. This is not about the Sabbath, but it's about how God made us. We live in a world that celebrates work and activity. It ignores renewal and recovery, and fails to recognize that both are necessary for sustained high performance. These are two guys that constantly talk to, to business leaders uh, and, and and to people in the in athletics uh, athletes of high caliber. There needs to be times of rest and times of activity god made us that way one of the reasons he's put in the top four uh the top 10 commandments about the whole thing of sabbath is because he wants us to rest because he knows we need it a second thing he wants us to do on the sabbath he wants us to use the day to recharge our emotions to recharge our emotions you can't keep charging without recharging you know, there's these, these new batteries and um, the batteries and cell phones and stuff. If you never let them go all the way down and recharge them, guess what happens after a while? They, they don't work too well, by the way. You find that out. And the thing is, is that we need to, to, to work and, and, then to, and to recharge our emotions. We need to find things that recharge our emotions. Now, what are some things that recharge our emotions? Everybody is different. But one of the things I believe that recharges most people's emotions that so often we don't even think about is this whole thing we're going to talk about next week. Solitude and silence, quietness. Let's just take a survey, okay? Y'all are so quiet this morning. I don't know if that's good or bad or whatever, but we'll see. Um, how many of you, when you get in your car, automatically turn on something to listen to? Anything? Most of you. Why? Why? Habit. Uh, if you'd have had silence, I, I don't know what I'll do with silence. I've started making myself many times get in my car and not turn on anything. I start start to. Do it, and then I'll OK. you know, I could, I could go the whole two miles from my house to church without anything on. I'll go all the way to Peori without anything on. The thing is is we get in this habit of filling up all the spaces in our life with something. And the problem with that is that we never have any quietness that calms our spirit, allows our emotions to even think about anything. We just fill it up, I guess so we don't have to think about anything. So quietness re- recharges our emotions. Um, being with people you love is emotionally recharging. Just, just being around people you love and just having, relating to them. Uh, another thing is relationships that you have outside of the people that are in your family that are encouraging and strengthening. I find myself with certain people, man, I just love to be around them because after I leave, I always feel good. You got that in your life? People that do that to you. Uh, Recreation that is rejuvenating is recharging of our emotions. Now, I'm not talking about going out and and, and competing with somebody. I'm not talking about competitive stuff. Because most of the time when we compete with people, we don't recharge our emotions. We just get mad. Especially if we lose. But I'm talking about stuff that will help us to to recharge. Uh, Sometimes on Sunday afternoons, my wife will look at me and say, Hey, you want to go walking? Or actually, she wants to go running. Uh, but uh, I'll try to keep up with her. But the thing is, is that we'll do it. And so we'll take off and go over to Washington and get on the trail and go through the park. It's, it's a nice day. I don't know if we're doing it today. We're doing it today, honey? I don't know. We'll see that Father's Day. I get to choose. Um, but we do that thing. But that's a kind of recreation that's rejuvenating. If, if we had some mountains around here when I was in Virginia, we used to go to the mountains and hike. I guess I could go down to Starve Rock or up to uh, whatever that park is up on the River Bluff up there and do that. But the thing is, is that finding things that will rejuvenate you. Recreation that will do that, where you can be quiet and think. You know, I've had people tell me that's the one time a day when I'm out running or out walking that they'll stick their headphones on and not like, turn anything on. And they're going like, boy, it's nice, it's quiet. We need to recharge our emotions. We need it in our life, these regular habits, but especially the Sabbath is made not only to rest our body, but to recharge our emotions. Some of you will say, I feel guilty when I relax, because that's the way you're wired. Well, Jesus didn't. He didn't feel guilty when he relaxed, and he often did it. It says often he drew away to get away. Just so he could recharge his emotions and recharge himself. And if Jesus could do it, I guess we can do it too. The third thing that God wants us to do on the Sabbath, he wants us to refocus our spirit. We need to refocus our spirit. You know, just as our muscles need to work and rest, work and rest in order to get stronger, have those periods of doing that, our souls need to be challenged and then recover in order to grow. We need a regular spiritual tune-up to refocus our spirit. One of the ways we do that sometimes is through something called worship. Now, let me explain something to you. Worship is not always just music. Worship is focusing our attention on God and giving honor to God. And music can be part of that. For me, music is worship. One of my parts of personal worship is putting on my, um, uh, my headphones and listening to Christian music. Worship music. But the thing is, is that that's not the only way that we can do it. Worship can be just spending time with God. Another thing for me is I'm wired in such such a way that that spiritually being renewed is for me going out walking in the woods and, and thinking about God is spiritually renewing. Now, it may not be your thing. But whatever it is that will spiritually renew you, refocus your spirit, you need to be focused upon. If you're too busy to focus upon God, you are too busy. I'll just say that to you. And if, you are, if you're upset and stressed uh, all the time, you're not spending enough time with God. Because one of the things that will help us to refocus uh, our energies and, and refocus our spirit is this whole thing of, of, of spending time with God. You know, it's real simple. I can tell you that, that, if, that if you are stressed out constantly, probably it's one of the things you're not doing well is spending time with God. You know why I know that? Because I personally, that happens to me too. And as I evaluated this past year, as I read this book by Mark Buchanan, as I read scripture about the Sabbath, I realized, you know, Bill, you know this stuff. You studied it before. And you used to do it really well. This whole thing of the Sabbath principle. But the thing why you feel tired a lot, the thing why you feel kind of stressed out a lot, the thing why you're irritable, and most people wouldn't have noticed it. My wife, I'm sure, noticed it. My kids probably noticed it. The things about it, maybe my staff even noticed it too, is I found myself not uh, constantly breaking the Sabbath principle, not spending the time that I needed to, to do all these things that God wanted me to do. And guess what will automatically happen if I don't do it? I'll be irritable. I'll be stressed out. I'll feel like I'm just running in circles and not getting things done, even though I'm working hard. Because God made us people who need times of rest he says in the number four commandment take a day off spend it with me spend it with family spend it with time rejuvenating yourself because that's the way i made you that's the way i made you now today is father's day And as we finish up here, I'm just going to say this. Uh, There's a tie-in with Father's Day as well. You know, one of the tragic things about us going crazy and spending time, uh, too much time and not taking any time off and being stressed out, one of the things if you're a father is this, is that it affects your children. It's been proven. It affects your children. Fast Company magazine did a study uh, uh, just a few years ago about something called the spillover effect. And the spillover effect is this when parents feel stressed out at work it hurts their children their parenting suffers and their children suffer and it says nowhere is this connection between parents and children more achingly graphic than in one simple question that was posed to kids the magazine did a study they asked kids this is the question if you were granted one uh, if you were granted one wish to change one thing about your mom or dad and their work what would you wish what would that wish be They not only ask the kids after they ask the kids, they ask the parents, what do you think your kids will say? You know that 98% of the parents that were asked that question got it wrong? 98%. That's not a very good test score, by the way. You know, 2%. Most parents thought that their kids would say, well, I want my kids to spend more time with me. I mean, want my parents to spend more time with me. You know, that sounds reasonable, right? But this is what the answer the answer that was 34% of the kids said that they want, what they wanted most for their parents is that their parents to be less stressed and less tired because of their work. Boy, those are insightful kids. Because they saw the results of the stress and the tiredness in the way that their parents related to them. And because of that, they wanted their parents, more than anything, to be less stressed and less tired. Only 2% of parents got that as the number one answer. It affects us. It, it, it affects our parenting. It affects us as people. Now, I know some of you are going like, Oh, Bill, you know, that's a great principle. We don't live in that world anymore. The Old Testament world, Sabbath thing. You know, you don't understand we live in this competitive society where you got to work. If you don't keep up with everybody, you cannot succeed. Let me say, uh uh. Let me tell you just one example just one example. This is a great example. Ever heard of a guy named Truett Cathy? Truett Cathy, you ever heard of Chick-fil-A? Okay? Somebody said, I love that place. I do too. They're all over the East Coast. I heard there's one coming to Chicago. The closest one is Bloomington, I know where it's at. State Farm. Okay, I don't think I can go there because it's on their campus or something, you know? But Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is, uh, in, my, in my humble opinion, the best chicken sandwich in the world. And not only that, they have a thing called waffle fries. Waffle fries, uh, you, you got to have them. To, uh, they're just incredible, okay? Chick-fil-A is one of the most successful business models in, in the world. Last year, those of you who believe in health... It was voted by Men's Health Magazine as the healthiest place for parents to take their kids to eat in all fast food. Whoa. We don't have one in Peoria. What's wrong? (laughs) Culver's. (laughs) The unhealthiest place. No, anyway. But the thing is, let me tell you, and why am I telling you about this Uh, last year too? And the last, this is their history, the last 41 years of of the business since they started the first Chick-fil-A, in 41 years, they've not had one year where they've not grown. The last 16 years, they've had double-digit growth. In the restaurant industry, they did something that's totally unheard of because Truett Cathy is a strong Christian, believes in the Sabbath principle. One place you will never eat on a Sunday is Chick-fil-A. They're closed every Sunday. And if you go into Chick-fil-A, what you will see on the wall, I can tell you because I've been there dozens of times on the East Coast when I was there was three of them in Roanoke, um, Roanoke, Virginia, by the way, not Roanoke, Illinois. Um, one of the things you'll see on the wall is their statement. We believe as a company that our employees need a day of rest to rejuvenate their spirit and to, and to, and to build relationships and to worship God. It's on their wall. Trude Cathy is in the top 1,000 wealthiest people in the world. His business was voted probably one of the top 25 businesses in the United States in regard to employee loyalty. Don't tell me in a competitive world that you can't honor God and, and practice a principle in a competitive business and still not be successful. I believe God honors those who honor Him. So, what about it? What about you? What if you dare to take God at His Word and take a full day off for physical and spiritual and emotional rest? What would it do for you? What if you actually unplug from all your technological toys on that day your email? Your uh, cell phone, Twitter, whatever that is. I know what it is, by the way. And all those things, unplug from all of those and just spent time building relationships with people closest to you, with people that are your friends, rejuvenating your emotions and building a relationship with God. What if you did that one day a week? What if one day a week you took a day off from running errands and doing chores simply to spend time with friends, family, and God? What if you did that? You think it'd make a difference in your life? I tell you, I know it will. I've tried it. It works. When I haven't tried it, it doesn't work too well. And believe it or not, you know... (laughs) The greatest growth period in the history of this church was when I was doing it more than I'm doing it now. And it's not all about me, by the way, anyway. But it is about us doing what God wants us to do. And, and, and He, you know, believe it or not, you know, six days a week, he says, do all your work on the seventh day rest. That's God's principle. I think God's big enough to take care of that gap. That one-day gap, regardless if we'll just honor him. Because he gave it to us the sabbath principle to learn to depend upon him but also to give us the rest and the rejuvenation we need i truly believe it's one of the reasons we're probably so stressed out as a society it's because we've lost sight of this very basic biblical principle of keeping the sabbath thank you for listening to great oaks community church's weekly podcast for more series and podcast information go to greatoakcc.org